listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today I wanted to do something, as you can see right here, I wanted to, um, I wanted to give you the books that changed my life in ministry. And of course, I love to, I love to study, I love to read, so this is not an exhaustive list, but I can tell you these 10 books made a massive impact um, in my life and in my ministry. And um, I'm also going to tell you about uh, a series of books that aren't even out yet, that they changed my life before they were books. They changed my life before they were books. And they're not even books yet, but I'll tell you about it Um, at the end. So don't miss this, because I'm going to share with you a series of books that aren't even available yet that are coming out that changed my life and ministry already. So uh, these are, and by the way, when I give you these, they're in no particular order. Um, They're just, when I read them, some were 20 years ago, 25 years ago, some, you know, five years ago for the first time. Um, But all of them, all of them changed my life. Is there anybody on YouTube today or are we having trouble connecting to YouTube? Oh, yeah, we've got YouTube. Okay, I just want to make sure. It says one of two at the bottom. Um, but I want to read something to you um, before uh, we, we jump into these books. And it's, um, it's Paul's final letter. Paul the Apostle, he's in Rome. He's in prison. It's his final letter that he's, that he's going to write before going to heaven. It's his second letter to Timothy. And at the end of his last letter to Timothy, he's making requests. Um, Because he's in prison, he makes some requests. I want you to bring me some things. And um, I'll start in the fourth chapter and the ninth verse. And uh, this is what Paul writes. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he's very useful to me for ministry. Now look at this, verse 12. Tychicus I've sent to Ephesus, and when you come, now here's his request. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. Also, the books. Also, bring my books. And above all, the parchments. Above all, the parchments. So, bring my books, and above all, bring my parchments. So, whether or not these were, um, we know he had books that he wanted. So, whether or not his parchments were um, notes that he had written, or they were uh, manuscripts of Um, scripture that he had, whatever they were, he said, though I'm in prison, 
though I'm awaiting execution, I'm still doing ministry work. But look at this, the apostle Paul, who probably, and I don't say probably, he definitely, outside of Jesus, was the most intelligent man in the New Testament. There's no question. There's no question. We know the other apostles, as they stood before the high council, uh, the high council looked at them, book of Acts, and acknowledged that they were ignorant, uneducated men. So uh, I'm not teaching you today that God depends on education to use you, but the Bible does say that we should study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that do not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so there, though, though you don't have to have a PhD to be used by God or a master's degree to be used by God, you should be faithfully studying his word in order to be able to rightly interpret and preach and teach it. And that's what Paul told Timothy. But Paul, even in the last days of his life, and by the way, share this broadcast, this will help people. Because maybe, maybe you've heard of some of these, maybe you've never heard of them, but these will also change your life. Paul, being at the end of his ministry, end of his life, he doesn't stop. He said, I'm still going to continue to study. I'm still going to continue to read. Here's Paul. He was one of the most educated men we have. I mean, we know that he was uh, taught by the top teachers in Judaism. He was rising through the ranks of the Pharisees extremely quickly. He was pegged. He was going to be, you know, at the top tier. And, um, and so... Uh, here he is now as a Christian, and he doesn't stop his diligence in study, his diligence in the word. And so he's faithfully, right before his execution, uh, in his imprisonment, I'm going to keep on studying. So bring my books, bring my parchments uh, when you come. And so I want to encourage you the same, that you should never, I was just, my wife and I were just talking about this last night, that no matter what age uh, you come to, everybody should continue to be a faithful student of God's word, a diligent student of God's word. I mean, I've been, I, you know, I gave my life to Jesus at five years old, gave my life to Jesus at five. Um, I've been in the ministry now full time for 21 years. I've been preaching even longer than that. I started preaching my first messages around the age of 16. Uh, so I've been preaching longer than that, so I've been studying the Bible longer than that. But even now, I find myself at a place where I was, because one of the things you'll, you'll, you'll find out is the more you learn, the less you realize you know. <laughs> the more you learn, the less you'll realize that you know. I heard my, uh, I heard my dad give uh, a quote of, one of Mark Twain's quotes. You don't know who Mark Twain was. He wrote Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn. Um, but Mark Twain apparently had a quote that said, when I was 18, I thought my father was an idiot. And when I turned 25, I was amazed to learn how much, to see how much he'd learned in six years or seven years. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so you realize the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. And uh, you can, let me just say this, you can never exhaust God's word. You can never exhaust God's word. Uh, you, can, you can never uh, find out all there is to know about God. He's infinite. He's infinite. I believe that we'll spend eternity in heaven 
continuing to come to full revelation of who God is truly as we worship him and praise him for eternity and fellowship with him. So you can't exhaust the knowledge of God. You can't exhaust the word of God. I mean, I know you know that. I'm sure you've uh, read over the same verse of scripture that you've read 50 or 100 times or passage. And then all of a sudden on the 101st time, boom, something new hits your spirit. I mean, put a hand up in the comments if that's happened to you, that you've been studying God's word and you've maybe read this passage or story a hundred times and this time you read it and it's like a light bulb turns on. It's like, man, I've never seen that before. Or maybe, maybe a preacher or a teacher is uh, ministering on that passage of scripture. And as you're, and you're like, oh, I've read this a hundred times before, but as they preach it or as they teach it, if something hits you like, oh, that, that's a revelation. I've never seen that about that passage before. I've never seen that about that verse before. That's revelation knowledge. That's a spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of your understanding are being enlightened. So uh, you can't exhaust, you cannot exhaust God's word. Um, Jamie said, is listening considered studying? Uh, yes, to a degree. It's just like, what if you went to a university, Jamie? and you were listening to the lectures that the professors were giving each day. Well, you're learning, so you're studying at university, but one of the things that's required uh, is the lectures, listening to the lectures uh, that the professors are giving on the subject. Why? Well, because they've already done a ton of study. It's a ton of study. And so what they're doing is giving you knowledge that they have compiled from their years of study on a subject. That's the same thing that a minister does. Same thing that a preacher or teacher does is that they've spent their life studying the word of God and now they're giving to you in an hour what they may have spent 10 years studying. So you'll pick up things even by watching these broadcasts because I've spent the last 25 years of my life studying the Bible and, uh, you know, going through it, reading it, listening to others pre other preachers preach on it, reading books about it, which brings me to what I'm talking about today. Because uh, reading books, you know, I heard, um, I heard somebody say one time, uh, you know, we need to read less books about the Bible and read more of the Bible. That is one of the most stupid things that any person could say. We need to read less books about the Bible and read more of the Bible. What a stupid, stupid sentiment. And the reason I say it's stupid is because by that same logic, hear what I'm saying, by that same logic, you would also have to say, we need to listen to less preaching and teaching about the Bible and read more of the Bible. No, books are just written preaching and teaching. Think about that for a minute. Books are just written, preaching, and teaching. Put that in the comments. Books about the Bible that, you know, preachers and ministers write, they're just uh, written, preaching, and teaching. And so are you going to also say that we, we don't need to hear as much preaching and teaching about the Bible, we just need to read more of the Bible? No, that's not God's method. That's not God's method. Uh, God's method is, He's chosen the foolishness of preaching and teaching. God has uh, given gifts unto men. What gifts did he give? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. For what purpose? The perfecting of the saints. So I'm going to say something right now that might blow your mind. 
I'm going to say something right now that may shock you. You can read the Bible for your whole life all you want and never be fully perfected in the faith if you neglect receiving from fivefold ministry gifts. Woo! That will shock people. You can read the Bible all you want and still never be fully perfected because you refuse to receive from the fivefold ministry gifts. Because you can't say, I don't need apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers because I have the Holy Spirit and I have the Bible. No, you need them. If you didn't need them, God wouldn't have sent them. God would not have ordained them and God would not have created that system of impartation in his kingdom. And so we need them. I need apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and I'm also a minister. I'm an evangelist and soon to also be a pastor, but I need them. I'm not, I'm standing in the fivefold ministry and I need them as well. Amen. I need to hear their teaching and preaching. I need to be perfected. I need to have impartation. We all do. We all do. Just because you're a minister doesn't mean you don't, you no longer need perfecting. <laughs> I'd say you doubly need it because you have the care of the sheep, meaning you have to be doubly uh, ready uh, to do what, see, even the Bible says God holds you to a higher standard as a minister to whom much is given, much is required. So I need even more perfecting because I have the responsibility of ministering to the sheep, right? And we all need it. All of us need it. And so books are just preaching and teaching written down. That's what it is. So uh, I want to take you into this today and give you these 10 books, 10 books that when I read them, um, shook me, changed my life, changed my ministry, changed my life, uh, changed my ministry. And of course, they're not going to be in order, but, um, and at the end, don't miss this because at the end, I'm going to share with you a series of books that's not even out yet that changed my life and ministry before they were written and they're not even written. One of them is, but others are not yet. The first book that I'm, I'm just going to mention, these are again, are in no order. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to do that one first. I'll tell you, I will do this one because probably of all of these, this is the first one that I read. When I was a, a, a child, my uh, father and mother and I and my sister traveled with evangelist R.W. Schambach. As he put the tents up around the nation, had revival, saw people saved and miraculously healed and delivered from addictions. And he served a man of God <clears throat> during the voice of healing in the 1950s, just after World War II, by the name of A.A. A. Allen, Asa Alonzo Allen, who was also a tent preacher and revivalist. And, um, and so he wrote a book and saw so many miracles in his ministry, but he wrote a book called The Price of God's Miracle Working power. Uh, Tiff, do we have any of ours in the office here of this book? Can you check? We re-released this because this is out of print. And so we re-released this book, uh, that we can make it available to you as well. But, um, yeah, if you can check next door, that's fine. Okay. I had one at the house and I couldn't find it this morning. I may have given it to somebody, uh, to borrow, but we, we did the, Tiff did all the work on this and worked very hard. 
um, to get this relayed out, uh, correct any mistakes that were done in the old version. Um, but this is the version that Brother Shambach released, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power by uh, Reverend A.A. A. Allen. And in this book, if you don't know what this book is about, uh, Brother Allen was very frustrated in his ministry because he wanted to see God move. He wanted to see miracles and signs and wonders. And he was not seeing miracles and signs and wonders the way that he wanted to in his ministry. And he became very hungry for God. He became very hungry for a move of the Spirit. Very hungry to see these uh, people in our nation changed by God's power. So he said, I'm going to lock myself in my closet and I'm just going to pray until I get an answer from God. I'm just going to pray. And he writes in this book about how um, he tried and failed multiple times. He'd get in the closet and then he'd smell his wife cooking dinner and he'd come out and he'd break the fast and prayer and he'd eat and, and he'd fail and he'd feel guilty and he'd go back in. Now this time I'm going in and I'm going to fast and pray until I hear from God and then he'd break it again. But the final time he came into that closet, locked himself in to fast and pray and hear the voice of God. And he tells the story how Jesus appeared to him in his closet. And he knew that God was there, the power of the Holy. He could sense, he could sense it in the room. He had his eyes closed. He said, I couldn't even look at him. He was too holy. And then Jesus begins to speak to Brother Allen and gives him um, multiple things, multiple things. And each, each chapter in this book is one of the things that Jesus gave Brother Allen. If you want to see miracle working power in your ministry, Jesus told him, then the, you have to understand these things and they have to be active in your life. And so Brother Allen took all of the things <clears throat> that Jesus told him and wrote them down. And then after he wrote them down, he put them into book form. And um, do we have this uh, available on our website? So if you'd like to get this, uh, this the new, but the newer version on our website, uh, you, can, you can order this. We have it for sale on, on shop.miracleword.com, the relayed out version. I even write in the beginning an introduction that explains how powerful Brother Allen's ministry was at that time. People don't know. You talk about it's the 1950s, and this man was one of the first men to ever own his own plane, to ever be on national television, to ever be on national radio uh, across all of America. Um, this was a man that was producing millions, listen to me, millions of pieces of literature every month, every month. Now think about it. There's no internet. There's no, I mean, and in the fifties, he had over 500,000 homes subscribed to his magazine, 500, half a million in 1950s. I mean, that's insane. He broke ground for a lot of different things that ministers now do by faith. But this book changed my life. I remember getting a hold of it uh, when I was in my young teens as we traveled uh, with Brother Shambach. And I remember the first time I ever read this, uh, knowing I was called to preach, seeing Brother Shambach's ministry, my father's ministry, and uh, it just shook me up. But this book changed my life. It'll change your life. And so it's called The Price of God's Miracle Working Power by Reverend A.A. A. Allen. The only reason that we were able to produce it the only reason we were able to re-release it is because of the year that it was written. Uh, it was, I think it was originally written in 1956 or eight, something like that. Uh, but 
the, the copyright fell into public domain uh, because copyright laws have changed since the 1950s and in the 70s, they changed the copyright laws. But before that, if you didn't renew the copyright, the materials would become public domain. And so we were able to uh, present this to you. I did, I did not want this book to be lost to the next generation. Uh, the only reason I, I did this is because I truly believe, I know how much this impacted my life, I know it'll impact your life. And so I did not want this message to be lost to my generation. And so we made it available again. If you'd like to get one, uh, you can grab it on uh, shop.miracleword.com. So that's book number one, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power by Reverend A.A. A. Allen. Uh, changed my life and got me to press in and understand what it takes to see God's power move in your life and ministry. Uh, and again, it's priceless. It's absolutely priceless. I thank God for this next book, number two, because this probably is the most important revelation that you can understand as a believer. And I was so blessed to be able to go to Brother Kenneth Hagin's Bible school before he passed away, which means I got to be in his Bible school for the last two years that he was actually teaching classes. And so I got to have Brother Hagin for four classes in person which was a massive blessing. He prayed for me, laid hands on me. Uh, it was just, it was wonderful. But this book, which has gone around the world, I mean, I don't even know how many languages this is in now, but uh, I'm sure you've, you've read this, The Believer's Authority. The Believer's Authority. The power uh, that you have now that you're in Christ. Now that you're in Christ. You have dominion over demons. You have dominion, you're seated in heavenly places far above principalities and powers, rulers, dominions, every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. All things are under your feet because all things are under Christ's feet and you're seated with him. If you've never read this book, and it's not a long book, I think you, this is only, uh, what, about 70 pages. If you've never read this book, you have to, have to read this book, The Believer's Authority. It, it may be, Brother Hagin's most famous book that he's ever released. It's gone around the world. It's been translated into I don't even know how many languages. But this book, this book will change you because it shows you you don't have to just take life as it comes. It shows you that you have power over the devil and demon spirits. And it explains from Scripture why that's true. It's not important to just know that something's true. It's important to know why it's true. And uh, Tyra saying, yes, Pastor Stephen Sherry Barbie gave us a copy of that book. Powerful book. Uh, ben, ben Fraley said, that's funny. I'm actually reading and studying that book right now. So you're in the spirit, Ben. But this, this is uh, a life-changing book. This is truly, I know for so many people, this changed their life when they read it. And thank God it's going around the world. Uh, when you release teaching in book form, uh, it ensures that you are leaving that legacy of that revelation in the earth. I always ask myself about these books that I'm mentioning. What if the believer's authority was just a message Brother Hagin preached one time? What if he never put it into a book form? What if it was just a message? It would have been lost. It had been gone. But thank God that these men of God have put these things into book form so that they can uh, stand the test of time. And now we have digital books, which, uh, you know, can't burn, can't rot, can't, uh, you know, 
They don't disintegrate. And so you, you have the ability now to keep this revelation in your spirit. This one, if you're, if you're, if you're going to do anything for the Lord, you better know the enemy will try to attack you. And when he tries to attack, you better know the authority you have in Christ and take authority over every foul attack of the devil that's trying to destroy you and your ministry and your family and business. So this, this changed me, the believer's authority. And, uh, you got to get it. If you've never gotten it, you must, you must get it. Uh, here's a book. Well, you know, I'll keep that for later. Um, let me give you another one. This one's, of course, as I said, they're not in order, but this, you talk about a convicting book, <laughs> a book that'll bring conviction to your spirit. This one right here does that. Dr. David Yungi Cho <clears throat> with the amazing 1990s graphic design. Dr. David Yungi Cho, prayer that brings revival. Prayer that brings revival. Pastor of the largest church in the world, Yoido Full Gospel Church, Seoul, Korea. Uh, this book, because he was a man of prayer. He is a man of prayer. Uh, they talk about, and he talks about in this book, it's not enough uh, to just encourage Christians to pray the actual challenge, it's not about knowing you should pray. He said the actual challenge is actually getting Christians to pray, which is sad. He said, so it's not about knowing you should pray. It's about getting Christians to pray. This book, Prayer That Brings Revival, is uh, so convicting. When I read it, convicted my heart about consistency in prayer, pressing in in prayer. The subtitle, Interceding for God to Move, in your family, church, and community. Interceding for God to move in your family, church, and community. Um, this book will change your heart. It will change your heart. Ava said, I have it on my list. I can't wait to read it. It'll change your heart. You know, one of the things that he says in this book is he says, um, even when they're in meetings, that they, being Dr. Cho and his team, they won't even spend time fellowshipping uh, with the other ministries after service at night. They immediately go straight home to bed. And the reason that they go straight home to bed is because they spend their prayer time in the early hours of the morning. Early hours of the morning. And they said, uh, we don't want to wear ourselves out to where we won't wake up to pray the next morning. And, and so they said, we, we actually prioritize prayer in such a way that we don't let anything steal our strength to go and pray when it's time to pray. Do you know this is the man? This, this, this man, Dr. David Yungi Cho, uh, who was also known as Paul Yungi Cho, um, is the one who heavily influenced Bishop David Oyedepo in Nigeria. Bishop Oyedepo was dissatisfied <clears throat> with the size of his church in, in Nigeria. And he had thousands, but he was dissatisfied. And he went to Korea to meet with Dr. Cho and got that anointing, fire, urgency, conviction to pray like he'd never prayed. Came back to Nigeria and, and instituted that prayer, that time of prayer, uh, that discipline of prayer. And then his church blew up and shot through the roof. This is a, a revelation that you've got to get. Prayer that brings revival. Do you realize just in the time 
that Bishop Oyedepo has been pastoring, other mighty men of God who've been influenced by Cho and Hagen and others, uh, Pastor Enoch Adeboye and others. <clears throat> Do you know in the time that they've been ministering in their nation, it turned uh, Nigeria from a, a mainly Muslim nation to a Pentecostal Christian nation to now that the largest gatherings, not only the largest gatherings in the world, the largest gatherings in the history of Christianity are now happening in Nigeria. And I've shared that with you multiple times. But, you know, when you've got a church that you preach to 500,000 people live every Sunday, that's no joke. When you've got a, a special meeting, a Holy Ghost meeting, where you have 4 million people show up in the building, that's no joke. There's never been anything like that in the history of the world. And there's not anything like that in any other nation of the world. But it blows your mind to see what the power of prayer produces. And this book, David Young Cho, Prayer That Brings Revival. You got to get this. That's number three. That will convict your heart and uh, put you in position to pray. One by Bishop Oyedepo that I will mention is the book, Understanding Financial Prosperity. We've talked about this one many times on the broadcast. I've referenced it. But Understanding fi Financial Prosperity is without question, and I can say this unequivocally, this is without question the greatest book on prosperity that's ever been written. And I've read many, many of them, many of them, by the ones that would be considered to be uh, the greatest having the greatest revelation or manifestations of the abundance of God in their life and ministry. This is greater. This book is better than any other book on the subject, without question. And I've, I've read from all of the faith ministers, I've read all their books on prosperity and abundance, all of them. And I don't care who they are, I've read them. And this book is a far superior book. It's interesting because God has given him revelation on the message of abundance and prosperity that I've never read anywhere else. Never read it anywhere else. But he, he dives into it. I say this often because people always think that if there's going to be a book on, uh, if there's going to be a book on prosperity, that the entire thing is going to be about uh, sowing seed, giving, giving, giving. This is Bishop David Oyedepo, O-Y-E. D-E-P-O. Um, people think, oh yeah, well, if it's a book on prosperity, the whole thing's gonna be on, to, you know, trying to get people to give, 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 give. This book is 382 pages long. Let me say that again. This book is 300, you can see how thick it is. This book is 382 pages, almost 400 pages. The portion I'm holding in my hand in the center, you see this part right here? The portion that I'm holding in my hand in the center, that is <clears throat> the only section in this book about giving. All the rest of the pages are written about other things regarding prosperity. This amount is about giving. From page 185 to page 221. So 35 pages. 35 pages of the 400 are about giving. The rest are about other things God's shown him about abundance and prosperity. So everybody's like, oh, that's just a big book about trying to get people to give more. No, it's not. It's a revelation from God's word about how financial prosperity functions, how it works, why many people have not accessed 
financial prosperity. This book is mind-blowing and life and ministry changing. If you don't, if you're a minister, by the way, and you don't have this in your library, you need to get it immediately, <clears throat> immediately. And I know there's preachers that, you know, you can go to Amazon, go to Amazon and look it up. It's also available on Apple Books. I know there's preachers that have heard me or my cousin mention this book and they'll buy it because they know that, uh, that we mention it and that they need to read it. And, and you'll go and it's on their shelf. Oh, did you enjoy that book? Well, I haven't read it yet. Why haven't you read it? They're in the middle of like building programs and trying to expand their church and they're look, believing God for increase. Why haven't you read the book from the man who has the largest ministry in the world that has the largest church in the world that probably has the greatest prosperity in the world? He's not the richest preacher in Nigeria. He's probably the richest person in Nigeria <laughs> and, and in many nations. He's richer than many, his ministry, more wealthy than many, if not all, Christian ministries in America. I mean, it's amazing. And they're in a third world nation, a third world nation. He's built a city in the middle of nowhere where his church is. They're building a new church that seats 100,000 people, looks like a soccer stadium. The children's church will seat 20,000 people, 20,000 kids. They have to build a man-made lake to do their own baptisms because they're averaging 2,000 salvations a Sunday. And if you wait five weeks for baptisms, you gotta baptize 10,000 people. So they have to build their own body of water outside the building. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's insane. No, that's Pastor Adeboye, Brian. Pastor Adeboye has the church that's uh, two miles by two miles. This is Bishop Oyedepo. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. you got to get this. God wants his people to operate in abundance. No question. I did these last two days on 10 enemies of financial increase. You need to go back and watch if you haven't seen it. God wants you to walk in financial increase to be a blessing to your generation. No question. This book will help you understand the fullness of that. Got to get it. So uh, is that number four? Number four, Understanding Financial Prosperity by Bishop David Oyedepo. Let me give you this one. We talk about stirring your faith for miracles. <clears throat> stirring your faith for miracles. It's an older one, as you can tell by the design. Dr. Lester Sumrall. This was cutting edge graphic design back in the 1970s. <laughs> Miracles don't just happen, 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 happen. Uh, Miracles don't just happen by Dr. Lester Sumrall. You talk about a book that will stir your faith up. This book is just testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness and goodness. I mean, this, this book, you just sit there and you sit back and are amazed amazed at what God did through his ministry, amazed at the testimonies. I mean, so supernatural. And I like the fact that he separates the uh, testimonies and miracles um, by <clears throat> the style of miracle testimony. So you have miracles of transferred power, miracles in revival, miracles in healing, Miracles and deliverance, miracles and divine guidance, miracles and divine watch care or protection, miracles and divine provision, miracles and money, uh, making miracles happen in your life. This one, 
This one will, I mean, you'll, you'll feel like dancing while you read the book. It's so good. And I love reading testimonies of other ministries. I love reading testimonies and uh, miracle stories because it builds your faith to believe God for the impossible in your life or business or family or ministry. Builds your faith. And so if you don't have this one, and you may have a little trouble finding this one right now, um, just because they're not releasing in, in, at this moment from Dr. Summerall's ministry, they're not releasing all the books uh, for sale right now. I would check Amazon, but if you really, really want to grab this, and I recommend that you do, check and see if you can find it on eBay, find if there's people that are selling their copy on eBay. Uh, check Amazon, you might find some private sellers uh, on, on Amazon that are selling this book. Miracles don't just happen. Um, the Bible says, regarding Jesus' ministry, many people believed on his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Many believed on his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Uh, that wasn't their miracle, it was someone else's, which means seeing or hearing something that's happened for someone else will build the faith in your own heart. Hallelujah. And so if you can find this, miracles don't just happen. Uh, get it. If you can snag a copy, snag a copy of that. Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, go on. I found this recently. I'd have to go back and get the URL. Um, Google Lester Summerall Books PDFs. Do that. Google Lester Summerall Books PDFs. There's a website I found one time that has a bunch of his books in PDF form that you can download for free. I don't know if that's legal, but if you're hungry to read these testimonies, if you're, I think, you know, if the Lord can just see your hunger, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the status is on that, but this is not legal advice, but Google Lester Summerall books, PDFs and see if you can find it. Cause there's a website that's offering a bunch like, uh, Caitlin, you, you mentioned, um, uh, adventuring with Christ. That book's on there. His life stories on there. Uh, bitten by devils is on there. So a bunch of them are, are available. So if you can get the PDF on your phone, tablet, laptop, whatever, you might want to read it that way. If there's no other way to get it, miracles don't just happen. Dr. Lester Summerall, that'll build your faith. And that's number five. Um, number six, here's one that, uh, by him that also, um, no, I'm saving it for the end. Uh, another one, the word of God, the most important thing we have outside of Christ and the Holy spirit, the written word of God, the written word of God. This book is a good, it's, it's not a scholarly book. It's not a, it's not like a, a textbook or something from it's an, actually it's a great read. It's a very great read. And this book was not maybe the first that I read on this subject, but this one gave me a huge love, huge love for knowing where our Bible came from. It's a book that's entitled How We Got the Bible. How We Got the Bible. And uh, there's another one that, uh, and this is a great book. The author, Neil Lightfoot. Neil Lightfoot, How We Got the Bible. There's actually another one that is very similar, but I recommend both of them 
The other one is called From God to Us. From God to Us. And I think the subtitle is How We Got the Bible. And that one is by, let me think for a second. Can you check that, Tiff? From God to Us. Uh, Oh, and I know the author, and it's right on the tip of my tongue. This one's How We Got the Bible by Neil Lightfoot. Phenomenal. Norman Geisler, Dr. Norm Geisler. Norm Geisler, um, and it's a phenomenal book. Both of those, and I want to put these together because they're, they're similar, but they both come from um, you know, different approaches, obviously, because it's different authors. But put this as 6B, From God to Us, Geisler. G-E-I-S-L-E-R. G-E-I-S-L-E-R, Norm Geisler. Uh, From God to Us, that's 6B, but 6, How We Got the Bible, Neil Lightfoot. Um, It's so amazing. Like, it's so amazing. Did you know the Lord promised that he would preserve his word? And he has done so in miraculous fashion. He's done so in miraculous fashion. We have, I mean, did you know Christianity is the only religion that have manuscripts of our holy writings that go back further than any other, and I'll tell you, you go back to the earliest manuscripts that we have of the Old and New Testament, even just the New Testament, it would blow your mind. Now see, why that's amazing is because the Old Testament manuscripts and scrolls, the Torah, you know, the, um, they've been being kept by the Jews for thousands of years. They've, they've been kept and preserved uh, for thousands of years. So we have very, very old copies. But the New Testament, you know, it was written in a time of persecution. Uh, many times they had to secretly copy these things and take them to other places. And, you know, they were killing Christians until the peace of the church in the third century. I mean, literally, it was, it was dangerous. And many, they weren't it wasn't in some university somewhere where somebody was hand copying. These things were sometimes written in caves, sometimes written in homes by candlelight, uh, copied quickly to get to other churches. And to see that we could go all the way back and have these copies uh, so early, early, early on. And they continue to find more manuscripts and fragments and parchments uh, of the New Testament. But to see where they came from and, they, and to see how the, the manuscripts agree that it's, there's no way that the Bible could be a manufactured document. There's no way that things like people believing that Jesus was God could be a manufactured doctrine. You know, people say that. Well, you know, Paul and them preached that, that Jesus was God. And, you know, that, but that's something that was invented later by scribes and they were deifying a man that they loved, Jesus. And, no, no, you go back to the earliest manuscripts. And it's funny because you'll find them buried all over the world. Archaeologists are finding more and more and more. And uh, if you've never listened to Dr. Vadi Bauckham's message, uh, why, I believe, why I Choose to Believe the Bible, I've played it on the broadcast. You need to go watch that on YouTube. Why I Choose to Believe the Bible, Vadi Bauckham, V-O-D-D-I-E, Vadi Bauckham, B-A-U-C-H-A-M. Uh, he delivers that. I believe it's a pastor's conference. Um, and like meticulously breaks down, meticulously breaks down how 
the Bible could not have been altered. What we have in our Bibles today could not have been altered over the years, could not have been uh, manipulated or corrupted over the years. That's an argument of many people. Well, it's been around for thousands of years. Who knows who changed it? No, go back to the earliest manuscripts and they agree with what we have today. When they found the Dead Sea Scrolls <laughs> and started comparing them, they were the oldest things uh, they'd found. They started comparing them to modern, uh, more modern manuscripts. They were amazed to find the accuracy. Amazed. Amazed. Our Bible has not been corrupted. It's not been manipulated or changed. This book and the other one I mentioned, From God to Us, Norm Geisler, How We Got the Bible, Neil Lightfoot, these will give you a love, as they did for me, for uh, Bible translation, manuscript tradition, and manuscript transmission. Phenomenal. And you need to understand uh, where we got the Bible. You, full trust in God's inerrant, inspired word. It's a phenomenal book. You need to get it. Um, another one along those same lines that we've used for uh, Bible study made simple. And if you've not um, checked out Bible study made simple, you can check it out. It's a course that we open twice a year. And uh, it's, we have hundreds of students in there studying every week how to study the Bible. It's uh, hermeneutics. And what hermeneutics is, it's how to properly study and interpret the Bible. That's what it is. You can learn more at bible.miracleword.com. We'll put the link in the uh, comments here in just a moment, but you can check it out at bible.miracleword.com. Uh, and if you'd like to get a taste of what the course is like, we just released uh, our verse-by-verse -verse study of the book of Galatians from that course, and we were teaching people in this how to study a book of the Bible, how to do a book study, so we use the book of Galatians. We went through verse by verse. I give you all the free tools necessary. I suggest even some paid tools if you'd like to go deeper and show you how you can apply these same principles to study any book of the Bible properly. And this one will help you. This is available to you right now at miraclewordu.com. And so you can get a taste of what Bible study made simple is like. And then keep your ear to the ground. We'll announce it. But when, when we open the course again, jump in with us. It's only $15 a month. You get a video every week, so extremely affordable. I feel like you're ripping me off. No, I'm kidding. This book we use, it's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by uh, Dr. Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart. This is a wonderful book that gives you the principles about how to tr uh, truly study the Bible. I would say, personally, one of the... What's the word I'd use? Drawbacks? One of the weak points in many charismatic and Pentecostal churches is that, and, and even non-denominational, uh, you know, some of the newer churches, one of the weakest points I find, one of the drawbacks, is number one, they don't preach a lot of doctrine. There's a lot of very, um, it may be practical, but there, there's a lot of, and I don't want, I'm not saying it in a derogatory way, but more along the lines of self-help style messages or just encouragements. And it's good. We need encouragement. No question. We need to be edified. We need to be encouraged. But it's produced a generation of Christians that do not know 
why they believe what they believe. They don't know. And so there's not a lot of doctrine preached, but the, the weak point that I'm referencing is that I've been and I've heard a lot of things coming out of Pentecostal or charismatic churches, and it's not sound doctrine. It's simply not. So because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they believe, they'll preach things out of context. They'll preach things improperly. They'll preach things that are not even scriptural because they don't know how to properly or rightly divide the word of God. And this book will help you by giving you principles on how to interpret scripture properly, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. It's kind of a primer, a beginner on the study of hermeneutics and, and you need to get it, you need to study it. And that's why I launched Bible Study Made Simple. I don't want you to be in a place where you don't understand how to properly interpret scripture as you read it. Do you know that one of the biggest mistakes you can make as stu in studying the Bible is to open your Bible up read a passage or read a verse and then ask the question, now what does that mean to me? That is not the first question you ask when you're studying the Bible. In fact, if you join us in Bible study made simple, you'll know that's the very last question you ask after you ask all the other appropriate questions about the passage you just read. You don't open your Bible and, and read a verse and say, well, what does that mean to me? No, that is not what you ask first. It's what you ask last. And so this book will help you. It'll help you immensely how to read the Bible for all it's worth. Uh, what is that? Number seven? Uh, yes. Number seven, number seven, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. Gordon Fee and Doug Stewart. Get that one. Get that one. Um, this will help you. Another one from, I'm going to give you two more from Bishop Oyedepo. This is a smaller one. Kemba uh, mentioned this in the comments earlier on. Um, it's called understanding divine direction. Understanding Divine Direction. It's a smaller book, as you can see, uh, and it's really only about 130 pages uh, in this smaller four by six size. But um, when I read this, man, it not only stirred me up, I got highlights all through it. It not only stirred me up, but it also was extremely, uh, it was extremely convicting as well. I got to... Um, I got to this section of the book, the very final chapter, where he talks about how God's, how the early hours of the day, he calls them God's radio hour, <laughs> God's radio hour. And as you're seeking divine direction from your life, Bishop Oedepo, along with Dr. Cho, they believe that the early morning hours are the hours God is speaking to his people and, um, you know, very convicting. Uh, and so I read through this book. There's many people that have no idea what they're supposed to do in life. No idea at all. They don't know their purpose. They don't know their direction. And as I said, I did a broadcast a, a couple of days ago, uh, how to combat frustration. One of the things that causes frustration is not knowing what you're called to do, not knowing what you're called to be. And people, they wander through life. They coast through life. No idea, no idea what they're supposed to be doing. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. So this is book number eight, and this is Understanding <clears throat> Divine Direction. Book number eight, Understanding Divine Direction, uh, Bishop David Oyedepo. I encourage you. I think this one's on Amazon, right, Tiff? This, this is probably on. If not, a lot of, he just did this, and I found it and sent it over to Tiffany. Uh, Bishop Oyedepo's ministry just did this. They released the majority, it is on Amazon. They, re they released the majority of their books 
in huge, um, they, they basically took them by topic and grouped them all together into kind of like masterclass book, books, huge, huge uh, books all put together and put them on Apple Books for the ebook version. So if you'd like to get it in that way, I, I don't find those on Kindle. I don't think they did it for Kindle, but they did it for Apple Books. Uh, and so if you'd like to get these libraries of Bishop Oyedepo's books, Apple Books has them that way. Um, and this Understanding Divine Direction, book number eight, you got to get it. This one will convict you and help you to figure out, how do I know God's purpose for my life? How do I know which way to go? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? What's my calling? This book will help you. The, the books that are combined that I'm uh, referring to, they're called legacy publications. So Bishop Oyedepo put out these legacy uh, publications, uh, everything about faith, everything about prosperity, everything about the Holy Spirit. That's how they did it, by topic. Um, the final one from Bishop Oyedepo, number nine, this book called Exploits in Ministry. I read this book every year. If you're a minister, you should read this every year. And uh, it's amazing because you want to talk about a person that has a ministry that, would be, that should be modeled. Bishop Oyedepo has that type of a ministry. And this book, Exploits in Ministry, how do you do... Uh, what is an exploit? It's not a word we use a lot anymore, but I, I always define it because sometimes we'll read the passage from Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. Those that they that know their God will be strengthened and will produce or do exploits. What is an exploit? <clears throat> an exploit is a notable achievement, a notable achievement, something that happens that's worth talking about. It's worth sharing with others. It's worth spreading. Did you hear what he did? Did you hear what she did? What? What did they do? And then you tell the story. That's when other people are telling your story. Did you hear? Like me, today on this broadcast, I'm telling you about Bishop Oyedepo's church that he has 500,000 people in person every week, building a 100,000 seat sanctuary. That's an exploit. That's an exploit. That's a notable achievement that's worth talking about. It's an exploit. And so he breaks down the fundamentals of ministry the ladder of exploits, and how to finance your ministry. Number one, the fundamentals of ministry, the ladder of exploits, how to get there, and financing your ministry. I read this every single year. It's powerful. It's absolutely powerful. So book number nine, exploits in ministry, get this one, ASAP, and read it through, especially if you're a minister, get it and read it. Final book that's on my list before I give you this series of books that's not even been published yet, but will be published, but it's already changed my life, even though it's not been published. This is a book that you can't even read the title because it's all one color. And if we zoom into the closer camera shot, maybe you'll get a closer, no, oh wait, wait, there it is. The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit. This is an older version. This is the Golden Jubilee Anniversary Edition by Harrison House. What year did they put this out? Um, 1982. 1982. So <clears throat> the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit uh, by Dr. Lester Summerall, he breaks down and teaches on the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. This one's on Amazon and Kindle. Um, the, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now you talk about a man that operated in the gifts of the Spirit, Dr. Summerall. Dr. Summerall did without question. And um, his life story, by the way, is amazing. But this was the standard 
for many years on the subject of the gifts of the Spirit. It's still a classic. It's still a standard on the subject of the gifts of the Spirit. And um, if you haven't read this, every believer has the ability and opportunity to operate in any of the nine gifts of the Spirit because you have the Holy Spirit living within you. And He is the source of those gifts. It's not just for preachers. It's for every believer. I don't know what numbering system Tracy's on. I've not listed 12 books, have I? Have I listed 12 now? I did 6B. I don't know. Just take it and run with it. Uh, oh, and, and Ava said, I think it's on Audible as well. It is. Tiffany says it is. Uh, it's not read by Dr. Summerall, is it? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, but this, this is, I can't even get the title show up. This is a phenomenal book. Now, let me tell you about the book series before we pray uh, that's not even out yet fully, but the series has already changed my life even though it's not available in print yet or on ebook yet. And that is the series on the gifts of the spirit that my father is writing. Now, the first book is already available. It's called The Camels Are Coming, but he's already writing uh, the next book now has much of it written to produce, and the Lord spoke to him to write these books, each one, on uh, a gift of the Spirit. And my father, uh, yeah, I'll take it. Thank you very much. Proactive. Thank you. The camels are coming. Oh, there we go. My father's uh, book. Now, this one is the introduction to the gifts of the Spirit. This is an introduction to the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, this is the hardcover version. Um, but this is not the end. This is just the beginning. This is the introduction on all of the books in the series on the gifts of the Spirit. I can tell you from being, I've been around, I've not just been in the ministry. I've been around the ministry for my entire life. I was in my first revival at two weeks old. Two weeks old. Um, so I've been around the ministry for my whole life. I've been in so many revivals, so many services. I've sat under so many preachers, Pentecostal, charismatic preachers. I can say this uh, without hesitation. I've never seen any minister alive or in heaven uh, that have gone on to be with Jesus operate in all nine gifts of the Spirit more proficiently than my father. None. Now, I've seen ministers that operate in several gifts uh, on a regular basis, and I've seen it work. I've seen ministers that operate in the working of miracles quite proficiently, and um, uh, that'll be a staple of their ministry, and they'll, you know, they'll see miracles all the time, but maybe the other nine gifts, maybe they don't operate in the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom. Uh, maybe they don't operate in tongues and interpretation or prophecy. Uh, I've seen others, they'll, they're in pro they're prophecy, that gift operates in their ministry constantly. The gift of prophecy, gift of prophecy. And uh, that's wonderful. We need those gifts. But I can say this, not because he's my father, but because I've experienced it. I've seen it. That I've not seen another minister alive or in heaven that has operated more proficiently in all nine gifts of the Spirit. We're talking about uh, the working of miracles, the gifts of healing, the gift of faith. We're talking about the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. We're talking about tongues, interpretation of tongues, and the gift of prophecy. All nine gifts.
all nine gifts, all nine gifts, and seen it happen uh, accurately and proficiently, and never an error. My father um, operating these nine gifts, it's been amazing to see. Many people would acknowledge the same thing and have acknowledged the same thing. And so I believe that this is going to be one of the most crucial series that comes out for the body of Christ since these books written by men like Dr. Lester Summerall, Dr. Howard Carter, uh, others that have written on the gifts of the Spirit, I believe that this will be one of the most crucial series to everybody. Why do you, the reason I say that it's already affected me, although it's not been printed yet, is because I grew up in that home. I grew up in those meetings. I grew up and still attend those revivals and camp meetings. And I've watched it work, and I've watched it work in my life. If not for those gifts of the Spirit, I wouldn't be alive today. Multiple times, it spared my own life from destruction and death. And so I've been blessed by it. I've seen it in operation. I've watched it work. And so it's already been a blessing to me, even though the books aren't out yet. And so I'm encouraging you, if you don't have, uh, the camels are coming. You can get that on my father's website, uh, shop.tedshuttlesworth.com. You can get that book there. But the other ones are coming as well. The other additions to this series on the gifts of the Spirit are coming as well. And, I, I, and we'll, make it, we'll make it known when they do come out, but I encourage you to get a hold of them. Um, my father's already done a lot of teaching that's online about the gifts of the Spirit. I encourage you to uh, go and find it, listen to it, YouTube, uh, his app. Uh, if you search that up, Faith Alive, Ted Shuttlesworth, his app, his website. So get that. We need the gifts of the Spirit more than we ever have. God gave them to us for a purpose. <clears throat> he uses in this book the analogy that uh, when a wife was being found for Isaac, uh, Eliezer came back riding one camel, but nine camels filled with gifts, filled with gifts for the bride, right? Filled with gifts for the bride. What does that represent? The one riding the camel represents the Holy Spirit coming. And the nine camels loaded down with gifts represent the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit coming for the bride of Christ, that is the church. The gifts of the Spirit were sent for the benefit, the building up, the equipping of the church. And this will help you. This will help you immensely. So grab that. And I, I want to encourage you. Make this, I didn't do any kind of broadcast this year on uh, making New Year's resolutions for 2023 or anything like that, but I want to encourage you, if you do make a resolution for 2023, make this resolution, that I am going to press in more deeply to the Word of God and the presence of God than I ever have in any year of my life. I'm going to spend more time in study and in prayer than I have in any year of my life. And it helps to begin to get this kind of teaching uh, from ministers that have uh, spent the time in prayer, spent the time in study, spent the time in experience, and received the impartation of wisdom from what they've already written. It will help you. It'll bless you. Father, I pray that for every one of these that are watching today, that you would give them a hunger and a desire to read and study your word, to pray, to get into your presence, 
and to be built up and strengthened and equipped by your word and through your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that as we study to show ourselves approved, that we will always be able to be vessels of gold that are honorable, that are sufficient and always useful in every situation for the master. We give you praise that you've called us, purposed us, set us apart for your glory in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you for uh, picking us, choosing us for these last moments of time to be faithful to your kingdom and to have the uh, responsibility of stewarding the gospel message before Jesus comes. Open doors for us this year. Use us in a mighty way. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Hallelujah. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.